Blog Talk Radio. Dakota tour coming into the harbor, Tommy. That's the stuff. Of course, I have it all American-made in a small town in China. <laughs> There's a lot of money. Plus, well, it smells like the, the ocean by the time we get it. Where's well, my yeah, sidekick this morning? Where's Frankie What's Fabulous? That? What's that? Where's my sidekick, Frankie Fabulous? Oh, well, you know, Frank... Uh... When you really reach the kind of celebrity status and the affluence that uh, Mr. Jackman has reached, you know, he it come see come saw. Isn't that the word? Come see, yeah, come it looks saw. like he's come gone. Come gone. This is a come saw day, I guess. Ah. Uh, but you know, I thought maybe he he got the dates mixed up and thought last night was New Year's Eve. Well, he's not quite home yet. <laughs> Excuse me, without giving away too much, every <laughs> night is is New Year's Eve. Right? <laughs> hey, by the way, Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year to everyone is absolutely right. Sure. We're, we're expecting Hope your holidays uh, went well. Very well, and you too. And you got a new toy. <laughs> hey, if I had one of these uh, forty years ago, I never would have had a bad night at any club or. Exactly. Exactly. You know, oh my goodness, you know, not that it happens often, but there is the rare occasion when, uh, you know, you get a tough audience, they're not responding, and blah, blah, blah. And that little gadget would be just perfect in that kind of a situation. Well, you being a, you're certainly no pro, uh, and you know when you're up there and uh, you're doing your best and you just told a story you thought was the funniest thing since sliced bread and you look down and there's like crickets you can hear crickets in the audience and people aren't even smiling let alone laughing I could have used one of these then and then you figure my whole life's gone this is the wrong career for me yeah well, but, uh, you know, this is something I hope Bucky does call in because his being a veteran pro as well we could talk about those moments but uh, now uh, because you know, you were with the boys in Vegas. I mean, everybody, you, those things, maybe when you were out in Arizona at uh, Bronco Billy's or Bronco Bob's, I think. Bronco Bob's in Perrup, Nevada. Right. Now, the, you may have a, had occasion of that kind of situation happening there, but certainly not in Las Vegas. Most of my career was in places like Bronco Bob's <laughs> and Perrup. <laughs> well, uh, do you want to play us a few selections from that great instrument? Oh, well, yeah, this is my personal favorite is, uh, you know, you don't get the laughs. Uh, 
I can use that one alone. <laughs> you know, I can't so, wait for our guest to come on. I'm going to give him all kinds of good stuff here. Chris, yeah, well, another one of my favorites. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're too kind. Too kind. Well, oh, again, anyway, I... Uh, what ahead, you do well, for Christmas? A, was, go ahead. I'm listening. I said, what did, uh, what, uh, how was your Christmas? Anything Excellent. special happened? Anything good? Yeah, and uh, I cooked a duck. And, no oh, kidding. Yeah. Now, did I tell you, uh, in looking, I'm doing a lot of work, as you know, on Bucky and Betty. The oh, yes. Wonderful. Town pals and working with Tammy. Yeah. And uh, in the process, I'm doing a lot of these, writing a lot of uh, what would be considered children's jokes, you know, the kind of stuff that keep knock-knock, yeah. et cetera. And, uh, oh, I got Okay, we got to play you. a little bit of that on the show, just so people know what you're talking about. It's so good. Which one is it? Oh, Tammy? Or what did you say to mention? Both of you doing uh, oh, that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the music store is a classic. Yeah. I should, you know, one of these times we're gonna, I'm going to upload that. You've given me a great cue. Yeah, we can do that. And it, you won't yeah. mind. You know what I mean? Because some, sometimes when we take time away from... Tommy Dakota, it gets a little hairy. The slide whistle comes well, only out. Only when you take it away in the middle of my bits, you know. <laughs> right. Well, no, I, I think uh, I think that'd be great. Sometimes just give people a, a hint to what's to come out of that uh, uh, that new duo. I love that. It's really good. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, and we're excited because the new album. Uh, supposedly the artwork is ready, and uh, it's taken a while oh, to cool. get that done. But hopefully everything goes out to California and. By this time next week or soon after, we'll have our first CD. So that's extremely exciting. Um, Maybe we can have someone call in and uh, first one to call in sometime uh, in the future. Yeah, we'll send them off, we'll uh, get a free CD. Send them off yeah. a CD. Yeah, you know, be, uh, been, uh, it's not good to compare, but I think, uh, you know, I mentioned this to you yesterday. I think that the kind of thing that has happened, and again, none of it was planned, but the thing that has evolved with Tammy's you know, and she's just amazing. She's a genius at improv and and creating a, a, a wacky and crazy and hysterical. Yeah. Now, Tammy, Tammy's another comedian like yourself, another professional comedian. Yeah, and uh, you know, just wonderful that, at this. Uh, yeah, you know, improv. I mean, the, the, laugh, the laugh power of those those uh, vignettes, I think, rival anything that's ever been done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's well, I just, certainly think so. I heard that. Uh, well, I heard you. that last one you did, and it just knocked me out. Well, thanks, and uh, and so it's it's given a revival to this project that I've been on for eight years, and now, um, so as is with all of this social media. I mean, this wasn't around when I started the pro- property, yeah. and to have things like Twitter and Facebook, and to have. Uh, or whatever, Tumblr, the the blogs, the Pinterest is another one, to have that kind of uh, platform to, and once you create something, and as you know, I mean, I we create these stories, we put them up, and then just, even with this radio show, and the next day, it's yeah. on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the fact that the artist has the ability to distribute and publish um, whatever they're creating is just, a, I think, just a... It's a whole new era. Somebody described it the other day to me. Is this is the uh, the new gold rush? You know, I, uh, another thing I think is so important that uh, that people know and understand is 
This is not a video you're doing. This is strictly going to be an audio thing. It's going to be like, kind of like old-time radio, some of the stuff you and I grew up on, where you get to yeah. use your imagination about these characters, and you hear them talk, and you laugh, or you cry, or whatever, and you use your imagination, and I really feel it. That's being lost today with, you know, as, as good as all this social media is and all these electronics, uh, there is a little drawback in that um, people don't have a chance to use their imagination as much as they used to. So exactly. I think this is uh, really the, special from that point of view. Well, thanks for that. And the reactions from, well, that, the whole thing is that this, you know, by taking one step at a time and uh, creating this show, it was after one of these shows that I all of a sudden this idea came to me that why not kid a, create a kids' radio show because they don't exist today? And, uh, you know, and kids will listen to music, so there's no reason they can't listen to a story. And you're right, some of the mothers that have heard them already are just, uh, you know, warmly embracing them, saying exactly what you're saying. Oh, my, you know, this is going to make my kid imagine. Yeah. You know, because... Imagine what you look like. Imagine the places you're taking them to. I mean, it's just... Uh... I mean, it sounds kind of soapy coming out of me, but it's, it's really good. It's 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 really good uh, 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 comedy. It's really good uh, storytelling. It's uh, it's great for the kids. I think the adults will like it as well. But well, I uh, hope that uh, I appreciate I the uh, creativity that, in it. Well, Mr. Dakota, I hope you realize, and I'm real sincere about this, that uh, we hope you, by living there, right in Portland, we hope you get into the studio one of these days and do one of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think sooner or later we're definitely going to do that. Definitely going to yeah, do that. Hey, now tell me about this duck you made for Christmas. I never well, made a duck before. <laughs> Excuse me. That's where I was going with all of this was I'm sitting with right these jokes. Oh, here, here's one, one of the jokes that evolved. I started to, you know, kids love animals, so you try to oh, do yeah. jokes about animals. So I said, what do, who brings the toys to little bears at Christmas time? And the answer is Panda Claus. <laughs> Kids will love that. <laughs> I like it myself. <laughs> so that's just a sampling of the kind of jokes that I've been writing, these little one-liners, yeah. whatever. And, uh, yeah. and, so, and, and in Beantown, oddly enough, in Beantown, we have a, uh, we have a place called the Crockpot, which, of course, is a stand-up comedy club. And uh, so uh, in looking for jokes, these, these animal jokes triggered a joke that I had heard years ago, and I didn't know the whole setup and or the, the, the exact punchline. But um, did, did I tell you this, the duck that uh, went into the druggist? No, no, tell me. Okay. Duck goes into a druggist, <clears throat> drugstore, says to the druggist, <laughs> have you got any duck food? And the drug druggist, of course, is real busy and looks at the duck and said, what do you think we are here? He says, we're not a pet store. We're a drugstore. So we don't carry duck food. And the duck walks out, <clears throat> comes back exact same time ne the next day, walks up to the druggist. The druggist looks at him and says, can I help you? He says, yeah. He says, I don't know if you're going to need duck food. He goes, hey, wait a minute. Weren't you the same duck that was in here yesterday? He goes, yeah, that's right. I told you yesterday we don't have duck food. It's not a pet store. It's a drugstore. I'll tell you what, if you come in here bothering me again about this, he says, I'm going to nail your feet to the floor. So the duck goes out, comes back the exact same time, the exact day, next day. He looks at the drug. He says, what can I do for you? He says, 
have you got any nails? And the drugger says, no. Doc looks at him and says, good. You got any duck food? <laughs> it's too bad Frank that would help. I told that to him and he really got a, he got a good Frank laugh out of that. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. But so now the duck the duck comes back a couple of days later and says to the druggist, Have you got any chapstick? And he looks at him, he says, Good, I'm glad you didn't ask me about the duck food. He says, Yeah, he says, aisle six. Duck comes over to the counter and lays it on. He says, you want, <clears throat> you want to use your credit card, debit card on that? And the duck looks at him and says, No, just put it on my bill. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I got one for that. Wait a minute. <laughs> so <clears throat> the duck comes in the next day and says to the uh, druggist, <laughs> have you got any condoms? Duck says, aisle 19. Duck comes waddling back, looks at the druggist, lays him on the counter, says, druggist says, you want me to put that on your bill? He goes, what kind of duck do you think I am? <laughs> no, this is great. <clears throat> so you must know some jokes along that line after hanging around with Frank Sinatra and and uh, Joey Bishop and the rest. No, no, I, but, I, but I never hung around with any young men. <laughs> oh, I told you I was blessed to um, to perform with him two weekends. No kidding. Oh, what no an kidding. experience. I think, I think I knew about this, but uh, tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, well, the, the listeners don't. We, uh, yeah, I got, he, uh, he was 84, 87 years, whatever. You know, he, he was an interesting guy when... There was a couple of times I was in Vegas and staying at uh, with when I was working with Fuji, staying at Caesars, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if he did this intentionally or what, but it was talking about smart uh, marketing, branding, whatever, all day long, unless somebody was goofing on the whole, you know, the, the whole guest population at the hotel, all day long, all you would hear over all the loudspeakers, the paging system, Mr. Youngman, Mr. Henny Youngman. To the, to the call the front desk, please. So whether he must have been performing there that night or whatever, but talk about great. Um, that's you know he just dropped his name all day long. But anyway, I got to meet him and he was just the character you would imagine to be. I I, I actually chauffeured him around to the gigs we were okay, doing. Okay, him around. Yeah, I'd pick him up downtown, and we'd go out to the gigs. We were working in um, I think Saugus one night, and then we worked in Framingham the next night. And even even at the Holiday Inn in Randolph, Massachusetts, of course, sellout crowds as they should have been. But he was like a, a Yoda, a yoga, a Yoda, Yoda. 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 Telling Joe. I mean, he was just, you know, you just sat in awe of these, uh, the way he crafted and timed and phrased those silly one-liners. He was and, 84 uh, at the time? Oh, my God, yeah, and as sharp as can be, except one night. Yeah. He, um, you know, I got to know the routine pretty good, and he, it was out in Framingham, uh, I think at Ken's, and uh, Ken's Steakhouse, and uh, they had a huge room, and the place was just, in a, of course, when a star like that comes out, at least 10 years ago, you know, we hadn't lost all sense of decorum. People would go in and dress up, you know, you know almost yeah, like last. Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, so I mean, it added just a whole nice aura, nice atmosphere. And he uh, he <laughs> he repeated a joke twice. So he, he did ah. the joke, the laugh, and he did it. And you could tell, and of course the audience is on pins and needles, just the fact that he's the age he is. Mm. And, you know, they keep waiting for, you know, one telltale sign that, you know, he's, he's losing a little, little bit. And, of course, he did. He delivered the exact same line in, in one right after the other. And the audience went from total laughter on the first one to absolute silence on the second <laughs> one, thinking, oh, my God, we're going to watch Henny take a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so bright. He realized what he had done. Now, I can understand his thing, because there are times when, especially when comedy was was really taken off and was something, you know, we'd do four or five shows a night. You couldn't remember if you had said yeah. what said when. Yeah. It really got crazy. And he, uh, he, he immediately looked up, <laughs> and uh, he just looked at the audience and said, I, I just wanted to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> and the place lost it. He, yeah, he got yeah. more of a laugh from that than he did for the first joke. And uh, I never, so I never got to meet the guy. Certainly, I, I, I've seen him perform many, many times in the old days. But uh, he was always on. He was always on. Boom, boom, always boom, 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 boom. on. And you know, even in the car driving out, and he said some amazing things to me. He, uh, you know, not just as a comedian, but he said. To, <laughs> <laughs> he said to me, he, and he didn't ask me this till we had been together two or three weekends. And he said to me, so what's wrong with your leg, kid? And I said, oh, I said, I lost my leg when I was 13. I said, but, you know, I rebounded quick. I says, I learned how to swim, and then I learned how to ride a bicycle, and then I says, then I learned how to uh, uh, ski. I said, you know, I've sailed yachts around the world. I says, it hasn't held me back. And he goes, Good for you, kid. He goes, uh, you got guts. And I said, I'll take the verse. And he goes, you know how I know you got <laughs> You know how I know you got guts, kid? I said, no. He says, I saw your act. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dirty SOP. You know, I thought he was going to pay me this compliment. You know, you got guts, kid. You're doing all these things. No, I saw your act. And then he laughs, he laughs, he's laughing to himself, he goes, I use that on Burl all the time. <laughs> you know, now, that's the thing about when you work, you know, I worked with him, I worked with Phyllis Diller, you know, Shecky Green, one night was, was like, yeah. we talked a little bit before. He started having a movie yesterday, yeah. Really? Shecky? Yeah, he's in, a, he's in a Mel Brooks movie. Oh, uh, boy, oh, God. Back, called uh, History of the World. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. You can imagine. And then... Uh, the Smothers Brothers were the same way. And, uh, you know, just a a always on, always real gentlemen, professional, pros, pros, just pros. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. so he said, uh, and he told me, he said, whatever you do, whatever you do, he says, don't let anybody take this away from you. <clears throat> and I was dating a very attractive gal at the time, and we had been together a while. And it it's funny, when uh, I meet a, a comedian in a club, and he's with a new woman, <clears throat> latest relationship, whatever. I, I do this little, I can see them if they're hugging and kissing, and, and, I go, 
Okay, let me take a guess. I feel like a, a guy at a, a carny at the, you know, at, the, at the carnival, you know, guessing weight. I said, let me tell you how long you've been together. I said, what, uh, maybe four weeks? Yeah, how'd you know? Because you run over each other. <laughs> and then I'd meet the uh, another gal and say, uh, he'd go up on stage. I'd go, let me ask you a question. I said, I'm not even going to ask you how long you've been together. I'm going to tell you. I said, is he, is he funny? Oh, he's hysterical. I said, yeah, about about three months, right? She goes, yeah, how'd you know? I said, no, I can see you're not fawning each other, but he's still funny. So, and ask another gal, how's he, is he still, is, no, I said, is he funny? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, six months. <laughs> how'd you know? Because you've been to every show and he's not so funny as he what used to be, is he? <laughs> well, you know, I know the routine now. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Then I would say the ultimate one was, how often do you come to his shows? Oh, you know, you know, maybe once a month or something. Oh, so a year. You've been going out a year. <laughs> so I knew exactly what it's because then after a while, a year or two, you get, do you really think you really want to do this? Because, you know, it's not, now she's not into it anymore. She knows the routine, and now she wants you home, you know. Yeah. Or, or, or at least or not, gone, one or the other. Yeah, or gone, or at least not in yeah. a club on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. doing different things with her friends. Whatever. So he was dead on. He says, but he said, he says, don't let anybody ever take this away from you. And yeah, he was intimating that he had gone through quite a few relationships in his life, uh, probably because, you know, it came down to that. Hey, Henny, why don't you, why don't you try something else, you know? (laughs) But the best one was it was three week, two or three weekends with him every Friday and Saturday night, and I'd watch him do two or three shows. It was a blast. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was daunting because he just, again, he, it was like, I mean, it was something to be experienced the way he crafted his routine and worked the audience. And uh, you know, it, it was when a you're, you're a young one-liner. guy, you know, and you just kind of getting your feet wet, and you got a, you know, a monster, a guy. Coming on after you. Yeah, and you know, and again, he was very complimentary. He said, "You're a fun, you're a funny kid." <laughs> he said to me, <laughs> "I like your stuff. You're funny." Uh, but now you opened for you opened for Phyllis Diller once too, didn't you? Yeah. Well, here we were driving back to the hotel, and he had a traveling companion with him, a woman, yeah. and uh, so <laughs> driving back to the Swiss. A hotel suisse here in Boston. I don't know what it is now. And uh, I hear my date, my relationship, my friend, my girlfriend say, oh, his traveling companion says to my girlfriend, uh, Jocelyn, uh, Henny has been, been very grateful for what you and Tom have done from the past few weekends. And as a token of his appreciation, uh, Tenny does this quite, he doesn't do it often, but he, he does do it once in a while for, for very special people. Uh, he would like to give you uh, um, a diamond pin. And uh, <laughs> I hear my girlfriend go, oh, my God, oh, it's so Tenny, you shouldn't have. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I'm driving the car going, holy shit. We scored a we scored a diamond pin. <laughs> I'm thin, yeah, from Annie Youngman. <laughs> well, you know the bit, don't you? Or do you? 
No, keep going. <laughs> it was <clears throat> a safety pin with a dime on it. <laughs> an old joke gag. We just heard to do it. Yeah. And dime and pin. And whenever I said, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> whenever he got out of the car, I said, the first thing I said, come on, show me the dime and pin. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, a dollar. It couldn't have been. He was probably buying them for 50 cents or something. Yeah, well, sure. That's funny. <laughs> These That's safety funny. pins with dimes on them. He's probably doing them himself. Who knows? But what a great what a great calling card, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. What a great story as well. Yeah. Well, he. Uh, story. He was. You know. You imagine the life that that guy. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he was a household name, but he wasn't. Um, I think the only one who perfected the one liner better than him, of course, was uh, Rodney. Which who? Rodney. Oh yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, Rodney just took the one liner yeah. to the. To the max, you know, especially because he built you know, his it around. Favorite, his favorite one for me was, you know, he's always doing it, I get no respect. He said, hey, I went in the other day, I bought a set of snow tires, but by the time I got home, they were melted. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me of one of the jokes I wrote last week, is where do, uh, where do polar bears keep their money? Snow banks. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, he... This guy didn't get started until he was, uh, what, in his 40s or 50s? Who, oh, yeah, honey? Dangerfield. Dangerfield, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he had, he had actually been on the Carson show. Uh, I mean, not the Carson show, the... Uh, oh, God. Um, I can see him. Ed, Ed Sullivan's show two or yeah. three times. And, but he hadn't developed his persona yet. He hadn't uh, bought... The uh, he bought he actually bought the line. No respect. One of the other no comedians. Kidding. Used, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, one of the other comedians that was around was using it in his act. Didn't build a character around. It. He says, ah, "I got no respect." And so Henny came up to him. Henny, he was he actually quit the business and went into and sold truly sold aluminum siding. Yeah, for like yeah, I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he brought his kids up by selling aluminum siding. And everybody, of course, he never, you know, once it's in you, you know, you can't shut it off. So, you know, he would be writing all the time and he'd be using the stuff on the job. And people kept saying, you got to go back, you got to go back. And he did. And that's when, he, of course, he exploded. So, yeah, he didn't, well, he didn't make it till he was 50-something. Yeah, God. You know? And, no, of course, then he never was. Give up. But you remember, he, he was a rage for three or four years. There was nobody yeah. like him. Yeah, come made up some funny movies. Oh, some not only really the movies, but I mean his albums were like ridiculous on how what what his albums did. You know, and everybody and everybody was running around, and everybody was running around imitating. I mean, he was just an icon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I don't know if I told you I ran into a guy that is identical in looks and voice. And I told the guy, I said, you know, you should be doing this. I said, you could make a fortune. And he didn't have, and he also had his attitude. You know, hey, let me tell you something, you know. And, and, and I, guy, I took him to a club one night. I said, get a black 
suit and a white shirt and a red tie. He walked in. As soon as he stepped on stage, the place went crazy. And he oh. did. He was nervous as hell. I'm sure I didn't blame him. The guy had never been on stage before. And he started just being himself and ranking. And that was one of the, <clears throat> you know, he said to the audience, you know, yeah, my friend Tom, he asked me down here. He said, uh, you know, he says, come on down. I'm working a room. He didn't tell me the room was the size of a, of a closet. He says, and he says, way up here in New Hampshire. He says, I got bit by a duck on the way in here. And the place died. <laughs> There's just something, something funny about the, the, the word duck. But, um, yeah, this guy is running around. That's this is exact. I mean, he could. And you know what happened that night was uh, what, exactly what I predicted. The audience, after two minutes, two or three minutes, a couple of lines, the audience fell in love because he was back. They were looking at him like, oh, my God, Rodney's alive. You was, know? He doing all his, was he doing his own stuff or was he doing some, uh, was he like a cover comedian or something? Or just well, that's what I tried to do. I actually, he knew like yeah. three lines because people yeah. just kept coming up to him saying, hey, you know who you look like? And they go, what do I, what do I look like? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and he do the, no, so he, but he only knew three or four. And I said to him, it's amazing. Here's a guy sitting on a gold mine, and he's got no interest in it. I would say, why don't you get one of his albums? I actually bought one of his albums to send up to him. And I finally yeah. called the guy. I said, hey, I think I got And the guy was furious with me, saying, what are you bothering me for? He says, you know, you said this was going to I said, yeah, I says, it could, you could take off huge, but you can't do it sitting in your house. Uh you got to come out and work a club once in a while. I said, I said to him, we could take you around to every single comedy club in New England. I said, walk in. I said, and then when you're ready, do it in New York City or L.A. I said, it's absolutely destroy. I said, nobody would be able to follow you. And uh, he just never, you know, and, and the guy is just, I don't know, he's just an angry guy and, it's it's a shame, and it, what, the real shame is not so much that he's not going to capitalize on it, but that he's depriving the public of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but hey, a lot of people would kill to have that kind of talent. You know. Oh my gosh! You know, he just uh, uh, didn't. But one of my favorite Henny jokes is you must know this one. I was I was crossing the street the other day, and uh, <laughs> a hooker came up to me and she said. I'll do anything you want for 50 bucks. And he said, great, paint my house. Yeah, that's no one. Yeah, that's no one. Yeah, I know yeah. that very well. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah. once again, you've uh, killed the whole half hour, and you didn't let me get in my Christmas jokes. Well, well that's we, okay, my Christmas we, we stories. We still have time. No, no, no. They don't shut no, us no, no. we got another 15 minutes. No, no, it's really, yeah, it was really good to hear you uh, tell. A lot of people don't know what a... Uh, Comedian you are, and how uh, well known you are, certainly in uh, a lot of parts of New England and other parts of the country as well. You've been around a long time. You're not new to this business at all. And yeah, and still feel funny. like a, with this new thing with Tammy, feel like a babe um, breaking into this new new arena. But seriously, come on, Tommy, let's talk, let's hear your Christmas story. Well, it's out of it's out of context now. It has to do with the church, so just it would just ruin well, the whole show. Well, let's, you know, so, well, you know, we've got the, I'll, I'll work it around. We, you know, we have the Defender of the Faith uh, next door. 
Um, no, he. Uh, he was segue to a Christmas Eve mass in in a church in Boston. Well, well, no, no, no. He, you know, we have to talk about Frankie. Uh, they're still bringing around. I was one night. I was going off on you know some of the uh, errors that the Catholic Church has committed in recent years, and he looked over at me and said, uh, "The church will come back." And I said, no, I think, Frankie, it's really done for them now. I think they can't crawl out of this one. No, the church always rises. And I'm looking at this guy. This guy, and it got hot. I mean, it really got hot. And I finally looked at him, and I said, uh, tell me, Frank. I said, when was the last time you were in a church? <laughs> Four years ago, and you'll never get me to go back. Yet you're going to sit here and defend. So, so the next day, I wish, I hope, I, I wonder if I still have it. I'm one minute files in one of my computers. I wrote um, a papal, um, oh, bull. yeah, uh, yeah, bull. Yes, yeah, a papal bull <laughs> uh, declaring Frank Francis X. Jackman as defender of the faith for the Archdiocese of Boston. And <laughs> as, uh, obviously, pre-mortem, but consideration as postmortem for sainthood. <laughs> and I came up with this big long thing and I sent it over to him. And then Emily's sitting there laughing. She goes, Yeah, he'll defend the church to his, his deathbed, but yet he hasn't been in 40 years. <laughs> it's a thought that counts anyway. Yeah, so go ahead. So now we're, we've talked about the church. Well, that's a segue. That's a segue. Anyway. That's right. This, this is an old Christmas story. When I was a little kid, I, you know, I'm getting nostalgic around the holidays. Before I became a Druid, when I was very small, I mean, I was brought up Catholic initially. And uh, yes. the big thing around the holidays was uh, to go to a midnight mass. First of all, you're small and you get to stay up late and... Uh, you go to church on, on Christmas Eve and the church is decorated and everyone's decked out in their fine clothes and you're up at midnight, which was thrilling, and the church is lit up and it's, it's got a lot in the old days. We have live uh, fur and, and different kinds of uh, Christmas greens. The whole church smelled like that. And there was a big chorus up in the choir loft and, of course, they had one of those giant organs. It was really uh, quite the ceremony for in the rites. In this particular church, which was an old, old church, and uh, actually, uh, before it was a Catholic church, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, a Protestant church. Uh, you know, six and one half a dozen the other, I guess. But it was a beautiful old place, and it had a balcony on each side. Very, very nice. It wasn't used very much because the congregation was never that. I mean, not but, one balcony. It had it split into like what a theater style. It was there was there was one balcony went around, but within that balcony it was about four rows going up, four tiers of seats. Okay. And uh, uh, but to get up there, the architect who built this church was really something. When you come into the uh, to the uh, I guess they call it the apse or the nave of the church, before you went into the church proper, there was a staircase going up on each side of the church, going up to this uh, this balcony, and it was huge at the bottom. And curved up, and as it curved up, it got it got narrower and narrower. It was really something. And if you're a little kid, you had to have walk on one side or the other to hold on, because at some points it was so wide, you had nothing to hold on to when you were small. Going up that was difficult. So it, was, it was a scary set of stairs, but it was good to I'll look bet. at. 
And the inside, of course, was shorter than the outside. Since it was a, a curve and it uh, narrowed, it, it widened at the bottom, uh, if you went up the right side, it was shorter than going up the left side, which is a long walk. But a treacherous, treacherous stair. So we're in there for midnight mass, and the whole family's there, and the organ's playing, and there's incense, and there's the smell of these these fir trees and, and different things for decorations, and the, the choir's playing. And it got to a real quiet part of the service, just not a whole lot going on. It's very quiet. And I hear, you know, <laughs> and I look up, and there's, there's two, God love them, two old guys up there. And uh, uh, apparently they'd come in to get out of the cold. <laughs> and they were passing a, a little bottle of wine, I suppose, back and forth. Uh, but they were being quiet, except, you know, it, you know you'd know, hear the gurgle, gurgle of them drinking, and you'd hear, and a big church, but because of the acoustics, you know, it'd be, and then, you know, then a coughing jag. So I'm getting a kick out of this. Everyone is staring up at these guys, and I'm a little kid. I'm just thrilled to death. So they quiet down for a while, and the service goes on. It's another quiet part. And one decides, I guess, he's got to go. So he noisily gets up, and it's boom, bang, boom, and he gets it. And I say, oh, my God, he's going to come down that huge winding staircase. And I hear him get to the edge of it, and then I hear, oh, my God, boom, 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 boom. This guy rolled all the way down the stairs. And I get to the bottom, and he hears, oh. <laughs> I'm hysterical. I'm like, you know, my mother's giving me the, the look like this is church to stop that. Well, the other guy hearing this, he gets up to see what happened to his buddy. And he starts walking. He gets to the whole thing, and he has almost the same thing. Oh, my God. Boom, 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 boom. And then he gets to the bottom. Oh, are you all right, Billy? <laughs> So, so the ushers quickly closed the back doors, so you know they no longer hear them. But two minutes later, you are calling ambulances for these poor guys, <laughs> and they're probably thrilled to death because they're going someplace warm for the night. And I should make fun of them, but they were not hurt because we did find out. I was really curious. They were not hurt. They just took them for because you know, after you fall down, you know, about a forty-foot staircase. You tend to have a bruise here and there. <laughs> I didn't see any broken glass, so they must have saved that bottle of muscatel between them. But uh, they did have a nice Christmas Eve someplace warm, and they were fed. So it turned out to be okay. And I never forgot it. And I, every Christmas yeah, Eve, that's the first thing I think about. They were, they were so loose, uh, they couldn't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yes. It was just so funny. When, and I just knew it was going to happen. Knowing that staircase, uh, I knew it was going to happen, and the, both of them. And I think Frankie Fabulous might have been there that night as well. Oh, we were both like, small. How old were you? Much how old were you? Do you remember? Oh, God. Oh, I had to be eight tops. <laughs> seven or eight years old tops. <laughs> it was the best Christmas Eve I ever had. <laughs> got to stay up late. Got to see all the all the, the ritual in the, in the uh, for the midnight mass and. Got to see these poor old guys uh, uh, make a lot of noise, interrupt the service, fall down the church uh, stairs, and then essentially just uh, get a nice hot meal for the uh, evening and someplace warm to stay. So it was oh. a Christmas miracle. <laughs>
I'm so glad you told that story. That is ridiculously funny. I mean, talk about you you crafted it so well that you could actually see the church and hear it and smell it and and that you're right. They, <laughs>
It's one person. Yeah, effort. you think the good side would uh, would uh, outweigh the bad side? Uh-uh, and, you know, they stay with it. But, but, yeah. but see, that's so rare. Again, if they're good, they're good. If they're bad, they're bad. And it's not yeah. like and everybody goes with the crowd mentality. Yeah, yeah. In other words, you're not going to get somebody breaking what the rest of them do. If he thinks you're funny, he's going to laugh out loud. No, he's going to shut up, even though you are funny. You know, it's it's really an interesting. It, it just boggles my mind. Dynamic, a lot of, yeah. How that's that's possible. Um, well, I have a question for you. In, in doing theater, you probably ran into the same thing that I found doing stand up. Is and, then, and it only happens with stand up. It must happen with musicians too. You'll be doing your act, and you can hear, you know, most of it's rote. So you can hear the words that you're saying coming through the microphone into the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden you're judging because you're saying to yourself, you're analyzing, wait a minute, that didn't go over. Let me, uh, they don't seem to be dying this bit. Let me go, let me find that other bit. In fact, Robin Williams, when his very first HBO special, he did a brilliant part about this as a, uh, the inside of the comedian's mind, and he he compared it to... um, putting uh, software or disks into 